Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We're presented by CLNS Media. Today on the show, oh, he's back. He's back Hi. in America. Hi. He survived Uruguay. He survived Argentina. I did. It's Dieter Kurtenbach from over at the Mercury News in the Bay Area. Dieter, how are you doing, man? I'm very tired, Sam. I got off of 14 hours of flying a plane. I didn't fly it. Someone else did. But uh, 14 hours of air travel yesterday. And then I made the mistake of going to Warriors Raptors in person. Uh, so uh, I'm in coherence. Pardon? Did you leave early at least like the rest of the Warrior fans? <laughs> no, because the one thing I, I didn't write until the morning. Usually I'll write when I get back and I'll write until like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. I decided like, no, I'm too tired. I'm going to do that. But I have to do a video for Mercury News website and YouTube page and all that stuff. With, like my three breakdowns, my hot take off of the game. And that doesn't happen until after we do all the press conferences. So I'm just sitting there listening to the Warriors have to explain how they don't care without saying that they don't care. And... Um, <laughs> I'm just like sipping tea and making fun of stuff next to Nick Friedle. It was actually a good time. It was like good to be back into the rhythm of things. But uh, I, I realized afterwards, like I'm not sure if I said one coherent thing for that entire existence. So hopefully that changes here, but no guarantees. How pumped are you that during your departure from the yeah. country, Stephen Curry decided to break the internet by saying the moon landing wasn't real? Um, okay, I am so done with this game. <laughs> I knew it. I knew like, I'd get you going on this. Like... The Kyrie thing, he legitimately said it. Listen, no one believes anything. But if you if you are, I guess, informed, quote unquote, enough to say it, like you obviously have a, you're giving it credence, right? And so what Kyrie did was in many ways brilliant, but also like totally despicable, which is he believes the flat earth thing to whatever degree you can believe it. He, he keeps going and going and going. And then eventually changes the story to be like, Oh, it was all a joke. Jokes on you guys. You aggregated the shit out of that. You morons. And now the jokes on the media, even though they're just sort of reporting on this ridiculous, ignorant thing um, uh, that a guy that went to Duke for at least a year said, like it is newsworthy to whatever degree anything is newsworthy anymore. And now Kyrie has like this righteous indignation and plausible deniability for any story that he doesn't want out, because it's like, well, you can't trust the media. They're the ones who reported that I thought the earth was flat, and I was totally joking. And Steph pulled the same shit within like a 48-hour time span. It's like, oh, I was totally joking about that. And it's like, yeah, like, listen, that's at least that's at least a, a well-treaded conspiracy theory. Like, we've talked about that on this show. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the fact that Steph's like, I was clearly joking. It's like, no, you fucking weren't. I listened back to that like three times. You weren't joking at all, but I'm not going to play the game. Because the second you get into it is the second that they go, totally joking. Your joke's on you guys. Everyone's a moron. Can't understand it. And it's like, it's just so, it's just so goddamn stupid. So here's where I'm at on all of it. I am just here for all of the jokes in the memes of like Stephen Curry wearing a spacesuit, going to the basket, and like yeah. driving toward the rim. It's all so dumb because here's the It's so dumb. Either he's joking and he should be able to take a joke. Right? Like he should be able to right. laugh at this with us, right? Right. Or he's not joking and should get made fun of. So right. the best way to handle all this is just making jokes. Right. Like, and I, I think I that agree that is the that. clearest way. But I'm in I'm in a tricky situation because like obviously I'm here for the jokes in ninety nine percent of everything, but like I have to look Steph Curry in the eye almost every day. And like I know, like they, they know what I say. Like and so it's this whole thing of like you I have to kind of tread lightly. And so it was just, it's just also very frustrating because I knew, I listened back to it. Someone sent it to me and they're like, okay, here's the clip. And I listened back to it and then I listened to the longer clip. And I'm like, 
it's flippant, but like he's this isn't some like yeah we didn't land on the moon. He wasn't saying it sarcastically. Like he was just like yep. And like okay, fine. It doesn't matter what Steph Curry thinks about that. Fuck no. But like no, that's that's also where I'm at too. Like I don't care what Stephen Curry thinks about. This. I mean, now but, that Neil deGrasse Tyson is disgraced, we do need someone to fill the space community vacuum, and maybe it can be Steph Curry. But um. Oh, I, I'm hoping that we get someone who you know a little bit more scientific. But the second it happened, I just go: you get into this, you're gonna you're gonna end up on the wrong side of it because he can control the narrative about it, and it's just like right. just let's just stop playing this fucking game. It, as and it pissed me off as like like Neiman Lab in Tampa, fucking journalism journalism professor here. Like it pissed me off because I'm like I know exactly how this fucking plays out. I'll be back in two days to see how it exactly played out. Sure enough, here it is. Yeah, no, it's like. I, I get that we live in a culture where like what Stephen Curry says matters and kids listen to him right? and all of this stuff. And we're coming off of a storyline where like a kid sent him a note and it was about the fact that I guess it, By the way, this, a story, a storyline that Steph was like, and listen, I, I'm all for athletes self-promoting like all that crap, right. but like, but like, Oh my God, are we sure? Yeah, like you know what? Steph is the one who proliferated it. I'm here for it though. I don't. Yeah. I, that does not bother me. I think it's, it's fine. Great. That's fine. Let's just remember the source of the the news. Right. Like Steph could have done. Steph might do it a thousand times without anyone noticing. But in this situation, he's the one who decided to show everybody that you know. Look at how nice of a guy I am, and that is part of the brand. He is a very nice guy. I got nothing. I got no problems with Steph. And like no question. And, and we're I coming have, off. But we're coming off of this storyline where he clearly does matter to kids, right? Like we're not absolutely. We're not like making this up. He but more than most. The way, the way that this storyline always ends up going is people always make fun of the athlete for saying something like this. And right. then it ends up just creating a circumstance where these scientists get a chance to educate everyone about everything. So that's just the way that these media cycles go now. Well, so isn't that, isn't that for the best at least? No, it is. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I just don't care. Like it, it, yeah. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, you should care that Stephen Curry is saying all of this nonsense." No, I don't care. Like, who who cares? I, 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 I care to the certain extent of it's hard to look Steph in the eye as much. <laughs> like, like it takes two minutes to debunk that one. I'm very open to conspiracy theories. Like I am. Like, but we've talked about it before. Right. We are both like into this, but yeah. but like that one is ridiculous like right. i hope i hope that they didn't land on the moon because that would mean that first man is uh false and it's a terrible movie and no one should see it sorry i'm still on i haven't seen a movie since first man so i'm really oh really my jaded. god get out of the house man i did i get left away. the goddamn country how was how was uruguay by the way let's let's get into let's get into uruguay and argentina let's establish what i was there for so uh my girlfriend is scottish uh, her brother married a Brazilian. Uh, they have a baby who got me sick. Uh, th- they then went to Uruguay, where Roberta, his wife's family, lives now. They're Brazilian again. They moved down to Uruguay so that they could have a true Catholic wedding. So me, after years of uh, having to go to a lot of Catholic masses that I had no interest in going to, got roped into another one in South America. Uh, it's the funniest mass I've ever been to in my entire life. Uh, it started with bagpipes in the middle of Uruguay. Yes. It got weirder from there. Yes. Um, there was a loose Spanish translation, and by I mean loose, like not even remotely close to what the priest was saying. Um, and it, of course, just ended with bagpipes. And just the beautiful sound of bagpipes just piercing everything in these very you know heart- heartwarming, romantic moments just really tops it off. 
Um, it was, yeah, it was weird. So we fly into Buenos Aires, then we jumped over to Punta del Este, which is this like beach town. It was like a 20 minute flight. It all went very swimmingly. Uh, Buenos Aires is awesome. Though when I got off the plane and then we're walking around Buenos Aires for a day, I realized as someone who lived in South Florida for three years, it's the exact fucking same uh, down to the amount of Spanglish you can speak and get away with it. So I traveled uh, 14 hours by plane to go back to a more remote version of Miami, which was a little bit disappointing. (laughs) I'm just excited that you are not going to, do you think you're going to get subpoenaed? Is the question. Uh, I don't. I, were we on the record last time I was no, talking? No, we were not. Okay, so no, because we didn't do that. That's excellent. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this: we didn't do that. Uh, not so much from a logistical argument, but because the day before uh, we went fishing, and uh, your boy has bad inner ears, and uh, so we all go fishing out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, which, by the way, was filthy. And uh, it was just fucking gross. And I immediately, I took two Dramamine thinking like, I always get seasick, I get car sick, I get plane sick, I get every kind of sick, I got bad ears. And uh, and I'm immediately sitting there, I'm sitting next to Heather's dad, who we're on good terms, but you never want to look like a complete wimp next to your girlfriend's dad. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like staring to the half distance. I'm so sick within two seconds. And we're all fishing, just sitting there. I catch two on the same line. I immediately take it, take the fish off, hand the pole to somebody else who was in the party, and then go up to the top of this small-ass fishing boat, which is just spewing diesel fuel, um, (laughs) and just laid down, got sunburnt for like 40 minutes. Uh, Still totally haven't recovered. So then when the option was available to hit the high seas again, uh, I turned it down, and we will not go any further into that story. But uh, you can slide into the DMs, and I'll see if uh, people are worthy of finding out exactly what the fuck we're talking about. (laughs) Excellent news. On this podcast, I swear we might actually talk about basketball at some point. Nah. Uh, we are sponsored by RX Bar and Simple Contacts. We are going to talk about the Bulls mess because Deer grew up being a Bulls fan. <laughs> and I figured we have to talk to him about the hilariousness that is Jim Boylan. Oh, Next, are, we, are, we, are we doing hilarious? Is that the term we're going for now? Oh, yeah. It's, it's genuinely funny. I don't know. I think everything's funny, though. Like, I, I listen, it is. Um... Like, I'm here for the jokes. It's funny. I am here for the jokes. Uh, Uh, I I take it that you read Ricky O'Donnell's. I did. Ricky Ricky came on the show last week, and he was spectacular. Um, Just a evisceration. Yeah. The Celtics, we're going to talk about. They've won seven in a row. Uh, We're going to talk about the Lakers and Kyle Kuzma. uh, Yeah. Kind of figuring some things out. He's kind of taking the leap. Uh, We're going to talk about how bad the bottom of the East is compared to the bottom of the West right now. It real bad. Hilarious. And then finally, we're going to talk about Oklahoma City because we haven't really talked a lot about Oklahoma City and yeah. they're really good. And I feel like we're kind of giving them a bit of short shrift on the podcast. So Agreed. Uh, but that's your fault. Well, yeah, it is my fault. I set the order. I'll take the blame for it. You know, this is me. Then we'll do things we like, even though this is kind of a positive jam. It is. It is kind of a positive jam. This is what we do. We're going to start with the mess that is the Bulls. We're going to laugh we're, about it. We're and then we're going to talk about how things are good right now. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, well, let's start with the Bulls, because holy shit, what a fucking mess. Thoughts, perception, um, beliefs. I don't expect any better. This is the worst part. Like, the, here, here's the one takeaway I have. Like, Jim Boylan clearly doesn't know what he's doing. Um, I have no problem. Like, you're going to get a dollar store version of Tom Thibodeau and expect, like, positive results. You're a moron. Uh, I thought Hoiberg was was 
job, but he's been job since day one. So like the hell do you expect? Of course, they're going to fire him at the most inopportune time. Um, That is an entire organization of dudes who are just trying to cover their own asses on a day in day out basis. It is a failed state. Um, But Boylan in particular and all the micro stuff with the leadership council and all this stuff, like the one takeaway I had from it, and this is the only positive thing I can say about Jim Boylan, like, listen, the Bulls might actually need to practice for two hours. Like they're really bad. I know Jim Boylan is not going to fix it, but like legit, (laughs) you guys can't see this right now. Sam is, I think, did your chair just break? No, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. (laughs) Just just had to readjust because my left foot fell asleep. So we're good. (laughs) We do a video version of this. Yeah, we should say that, by the way. Uh, we do a video version of this podcast. You guys should watch the video version of this podcast. Go to YouTube. Only if you watch that clip. <laughs> uh, I felt like I actually don't think that when we do the video, people can see that. So we're oh, clear. Shit. <laughs> you ugly mug. Um, go, go to the YouTube channel. Go subscribe to the CLNS uh, YouTube channel, and you'll be able to watch us. Oh my God. It was it was it was truly quite something. I'm sorry for derailing my uh, my inconsequential tangent about Jim Boylan. Like the Bulls suck. They do probably need to practice for two hours. But Jim Boylan and just these nonsensical axioms he's constantly spouting. Like See, I legit, I legitimately think they found like a 50 year old investment broker who coaches a church league on Sunday and is just like I can do this job. Like okay, so there are a few different things going on. <laughs> a few, just a few. <laughs> there are like a hundred. Yeah. So the first thing that's worth saying is I understand that the Bulls need practice. Uh, They need to figure some shit out, right? They're a really bad defensive team. Most of this is the personnel. Uh, Oh, a thousand percent, yeah. John Paxson and Gar Foreman for this above all. But, you know, I get the fact that a coach has to do with what he can with the hand he's dealt, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Here's the problem, though. I get practicing for two hours. Don't make these dudes do like suicides. Like they're making them do fucking pushups. Like don't make them do like pushups. Like that's ridiculous. Uh, Don't like, don't schedule a two. Don't like schedule practice after you play a back to back. The second you lose by 56 points. Like after those two hour practices where it's been miserable for the players. And then you say, Oh yeah, we took the player, we took the starters out so that we get a good practice in on Saturday. That's bullshit. Like, don't and then like act afterward. Like, oh yeah, like I was never gonna have them practice. Like, they have to learn to trust me. No, no. They need to. That's, they need. They need to learn to trust me by I'm going to blatantly lie to them. Yeah, like that is the most ridiculous possible outcome he here. He doesn't know what he's doing. Like, yeah. Like, well, well like, no. Not here, in this, here. Not in this like uh, like this sense that we say like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, I don't like on a literal no, he, sense. He, he I genuinely don't think he has. He has an idea of what he's doing. I think he knows what he wants to do. The problem is that he wants to be Greg Popovich. Like, you know, like there are people that are saying this right now. He came up from the pop tree he yeah, he under Greg Popovich. Um, like he wants to be Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich can do this stuff because Greg Popovich has built up 20 years of respect and won yeah. multiple titles with the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Jim Boylan coming in uh, for three games now. He can't do that. Like, that's not how this works, you know? I mean, obviously. But, like, the other thing, too, is, like, Pop isn't like this anymore. This shit flew 20 years ago, and Pop has adapted. Now, listen, he might still be harder-nosed than most, and he's probably not to Tibbs' level in terms of hard-nosed, but, like, Jim Boylan's understanding, and and listen, Jim Boylan can make the argument of, 
well, yes, we're not we're not the San Antonio Spurs and I'm not pop, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to do things the right way. His notion of the right way is outdated. And I again, these are professional athletes. I have no if this is how they want to run their business, that's fine. The players can do whatever revolt they want. That's that's their prerogative. Like I'm not going to you can't be doing suicides and push-ups. Like you can, you're just not going to ever get any players that you don't draft. Like that's right. That's how that's going to go. Um and the players are going to open everything that's happening is going to happen and you'll be a laughing stock of the NBA. You can do whatever the fuck you want during practice. I'm not going to bemoan a coach for going hard. I will bemoan the Bulls for putting this guy in charge. I will bemoan the front office for putting together a team that is wholly incapable of playing defense. Um, going, you know, signing Jabari Parker to a $20 million deal. Um, I'll, I'll just bemoan the entire state of this franchise because, like, what reason is there to be optimistic about the future? What more, more, more specifically than that, what reason is there to think that when they get another lottery pick, because they're really bad and they're going to get another high draft pick, what reason is there to think that along with Wendell Carter and Laurie Markkinen, that there's going to be any base that, that this, that's going to stick around and things are going to be good. Like they'll just fuck that part up too. That's what they so do. I want to bring this part of it up as well. Um, I don't understand why they have this faith in Jim Boylan to start with. Because right, like why him? Like he ran Utah into the ground. And I mean like the university of Utah. Yeah. Like yeah. he ran them into the dirt. Like they were so bad by the time he left. First and foremost, like Will Clyburn was on that team, if I remember correctly, uh, for like a year. And that ends up transferring to Iowa State. Will Clyburn is now like one of the 10 best players in Europe, probably something like that. J.J. O'Brien has gotten like a sniff of the NBA. Uh, I think he's signed with Utah a couple times. Uh, he was a great player at Saint San Diego State. These guys all leave. Uh, and he ends up, uh, you know, going 13 and 18 in his last year, 14 and 17 the year before that. And yeah. this was a program that like, you know, he didn't take over right from Rick Majerus. He took over from Ray Giacoletti mm-hmm. after Giacoletti kind of started the ball rolling down this hill. He didn't stop the ball from rolling, though. No, he had like a good year in 2009 and then failed miserably. Uh, he was, This program was so bad that when he left, Larry Kraskoviak, who is an amazing coach, mm-hmm. he is phenomenal on the college level. He went 6-25 and 25 his first year because there was nobody there. Yeah. There was nobody there. Uh, it's just a total joke. Like I don't, I don't get this. You know that they're they're even committing to him beyond the season, right? Now, which is bananas to me. Like none of this makes any sense. I don't remember who wrote it, but I very much remember. Let's assume it was Ricky O'Donnell because Ricky. No, 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 no because Ricky O'Donnell would have been ten. Um, <laughs> uh, this is this is one of the, the the main columns I remember. Not to any specific degree, but I thought it was it was the first time I sort of took note of sort of what the column is supposed to do, and it's supposed to be a champion for the fan and sort of be that connection and someone who will collectively speak up. It's more politician than any. And during the post Elton Brand, Eddie Curry, Tyson Chandler shit show years, which were some incredible shit shows, the Bulls continued to sell out. And so that gap between when Derrick Rose showed up and when uh, Elton Brand left, yeah. they were the, the worst. They were laughing stock, worst team in the NBA um, on par, not even on par with the Clippers. The Clippers got good because they got Elton Brand. Uh, 
and and they would still sell out every single game. They still had the post Jordan attendance bump. And in my fan, like my dad, who was on the bull season ticket wait list the entire Jordan era, finally gets on, and we're like, "Yeah, we'll we'll buy tickets." And we went, and it was just it was just a miserable experience all around. And I very much remember a column in the Chicago Tribune being like, "The Bulls will not change until people stop rewarding this team by going to games." See, and you know, you know what the problem shit, with this column is? That shit is still fucking true today. You know what the problem with this column is? No. It's probably written by Jay Mariani. It was, no, 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 because it was the Tribune. It was, it, okay. was the Tribune. it was the Tribune. So it might have been uh, Skip Bayless. Um, <laughs> We're clear with Skip. I, you know what? I, I got, I got no hustle. problems with Skip. I, I've heard some stories uh, <laughs> from him. In, no, uh, I got a little bit of a problem with Skip. Uh, Skip Bayless one time told me uh, we should go golfing. To which I go, well, that's a really good way to get on some nice courses and probably not the worst person to go out golfing with, all things considered. Um, and he goes, let me take down your number. And I go, okay. And I, you know, he pulls out his phone and he like fake punched it in right in front of me. Good for him. As I could see it. And I'm just like, <clears throat> listen, man, I know you were the one who started this transaction. What I wasn't like, hey, Skip, let's go golfing. Like I didn't say anything at all. Like he thought I was he was doing me a favor or something. I'm like I don't want to be talking to you. Just just letting you know that he knows you exist, you know? I suppose. In a, a very, in a way very disingenuous way. But like, just shake my hand and say have a good day or something. Like yeah, it was know? like I'm like, "Oh, that like listen, and that was the general tone of Fox with the with the um the on-camera people towards like the writers, which is just mm-hmm. like I'm doing you a favor." And it's just like no, I'm literally doing you a favor. They called me in to ghostwrite for you, motherfucker, because you can't <laughs> do it. So I'm going to sit here and interview you for three hours as you nonsensically ramble, and I'll put this together into something that looks cohesive, get no credit for it. And, like, we were having – he was asking an interesting conversation. We I thought we were having an interesting personal conversation. I didn't spark it at all because I didn't want to sit in the room anymore. It sounded like he was kind of lonely, so I was kind of, like, shooting the shit. Jesus. And at the end, he, like, does, like, an in-person ghosting. It was incredible. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I don't. I don't know what kind of sick power move that was, but I think about it all the time. <laughs> just, just how much power? How much power you got to have to just like in person go someone? Well, like the, the thought. The, I had the thought of like telling him to go fuck himself in the moment, and then I'm like, well, I should probably delay getting fired. <laughs> it oh, only took oh, another goodness. few weeks. So, <laughs> so the Bulls like need Zion. That's where we're at. <laughs> Like the Bulls need like the the Bulls need Jesus is what they need more than anything else. Um, th- th- there's no there. I the Ricky O'Donnell thing was comprehensive and perfect, and um, it, it, it was. Well, they it, need to they need to fire John Paxson and they need to fire they need to like fire everybody. They, I mean, they, they yeah they need. There's no cohesive vision other than John Paxson and, and Gar Foreman covering their ass on a minute by minute basis because there's no actual oversight from ownership, which doesn't really give a shit about the basketball team. Uh, they do care about the you know, White Sox, which is great for me as a White Sox fan and season <laughs> ticket holder. Uh, maybe we'll get Bryce Harper out of this whole thing, and that might be worth it. But like, Okay, time out. Yeah. You live in the Bay Area. Why are you a White Sox season ticket holder? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, so like the, the, the Kurtenbach family cell phone bill is still in my name because I was the first to have unlimited data. Okay. That makes the, sense. The, the Spotify is still in my name because I get the family plan. It's sort of like that. Okay. Um, 
So, you know, if the White Sox come out okay on this, I might be okay, all things considered. There's a lot of other good basketball teams. and um, it's. But I, I'm just – I'm completely flabbergasted as to how in a city that is notorious for – being pretty tough on sports teams. Yeah. At least the Bears. At, at least externally. At least externally they get the reputation of, you know, being hard-nosed and not taking any shit and all that stuff. Like They ran Mark Trestman out of town. Well, he like, needed to be run out of town. Like, like, shit. like for, how, for how they for how they do with the Bears, the fact that, like, this shit just keeps going on year after year yeah. is flabbergasting. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a surprise. I would this, say. This, like, this organization has legitimately yeah. sucked. Like they're hard on the Cubs too. I mean, they're hard. They're on- super hard on the Cubs. They want to run Joe Madden out of town. Right. So, like, I don't. So basically, it's the white. This. It's the white guy sports. <laughs> oh God. Oh, I'm sorry. It's kind of right. <laughs> it's kind of right. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, the Celtics. The Celtics have won seven in a row. They look like they have figured some things out. They look I would better. say they look better. They look better, and they've done this despite the fact that they've dealt with like a couple of injuries. Like Al Horford is struggling yeah. through some things right now. Um, yeah. You know, Gordon Hayward is like ill. Uh, he didn't <laughs> play against the Wizards. I know that um, they're dealing without Gershon Yabusele. By the way, he has a sprained Whoa. ankle. The God, Dab God, or Dab God, the Dab God. Maybe maybe that's why it is. <laughs> That's why they're succeeding. I mean, the big the big thing out of this is that Kyrie has kind of taken his game to another level, right? Which is the the whole shtick. I also think that they've done a nice job in sort of doing what I said they should do two months ago, which is simplify their shit, um, and that has been effective. Uh, they're doing a little more strength in numbers. They're not asking as much out of Tatum or out of or out of Brown, um, but you know, Kyrie has to step up to make that shit work. I would also like to note that their schedule hasn't been all that. Tough. No, it hasn't. But the fact like, that they're now 11th in offensive rating, I think, big. is notable. And, like, not all of that is coming from the 133-point outburst against the Bulls. Like, yeah. they dropped 120 on the Timberwolves when the Timberwolves have actually kind of figured some things out defensively yeah. and look really good. Uh, yeah. They dropped 124 on the Pelicans, which yeah. you know, not well, necessarily great defense, but whatever. But still, like, they're, they're, putting down, they're putting down numbers, and they're shooting right. a high percentage. And the ball's moving. Uh, a little bit better. Uh, let me see the assists. I mean, they're getting. There's been, listen, they, they've gotten 30 assists once, twice, three times, four times, four times out of the last six games. Like that's that's big for them. That's that's when you know things are right when the assist numbers are, are clicking. Right, and they're not turning the ball over either. Like if you look at their last three games, uh, turnover rates 13, 13, seven, nine. Yeah, well, it's, it's yeah, it's even better than that. It's like 11, 11, 7. Oh, I was just reading off the raw turnover numbers here from basketball. Right? Oh, yeah, no, yeah I, was, I was talking turnover percentage. They're yeah. at like 11, 11, 7 over the For last sure. three games. They're that's those numbers are like minuscule. We, we um, know we know that this team can defend even without Horford. It is systematically built to slow teams down. Um, listen, beating the Bulls by 50-whatever is going to skew some numbers for sure. But, like, sure, you, you're holding you – know, it all looks very normal right now. You look at these numbers. You look at the games. It looks like the Boston Celtics are a Brad Stevens coach team with an incredible amount of depth and a little bit of cohesion. And I think Hayward looking better is a big factor in this, that it gives them sort of a second kind of smoke. Uh, that they can use off the bench and in the second units and stuff like that. Uh, Kyrie, I think, increasing his defensive intensity and taking on more of a leadership role on court as opposed to just sort of yapping about it off the court is big. 
Um, and the fact that they were probably always just in simplifying stuff for the younger guys is helpful. But the fact that they mm-hmm. were just always going to probably do this is the bigger, the bigger factor. And they got a nice stretch here and they kind of run out. They kind of ran out of uh, time to make excuses after a, a pretty shitty stretch uh, a couple weeks ago when they won or they lost here one, two, three, four out of five uh, in, with the only win coming against Atlanta. Like they had run out of time. They had to make it happen. They're making it happen. A lot of reasons to be positive about what's happened. Yeah, and you know what, too? Like, it's worth mentioning as well that, uh, you know, they won last night without Gordon Hayward mm-hmm. and Jalen Brown, right? Yeah. Um, like, the fact that they're actually figuring some things out while dealing with just, like, random Knicks Right, and they stuff. don't have and, a cohesive you know, lineup. Yeah. yeah, and, like, Al Horford didn't play in that game either. Like, right. they're getting real That's minutes right now. I mean, I know it's Washington, but Washington's been playing better. But when you don't have three of your best players – and there's no argument that those are obviously three of their best players, even though Hayward is not where he once was. And Brown is having a, a tricky year. Um, that's huge. That's big. Yeah. And like the fact that they're getting real contribution right now from Shimi Ojale and Daniel Tice and yeah. Robert Williams is looking Robert really Williams, good. the man you said would be spending all of his time in Maine. And I was talking him up in the preseason. Time Lord, baby. We're here for Time Lord. Uh, Robert Williams. Looks intriguing. Shout out Texas A&M for playing him in the corner of his zone regularly. Uh, they, look really, baby. <laughs> they look like a team that is kind of starting to play for each other. And I think that's the yes. most important thing. Um, yes, absolutely. Good point. And we'll see what happens whenever uh, they have a full complement of guys. Because like maybe like not having a full complement of guys has mm-hmm. simplified things in the way that you're talking. You know, like maybe that you has, need to be a bit more pragmatic. Yeah, like maybe maybe that's just like you know what Kyrie going. I'm the guy. Yeah, there's like I can help. I can rely on Jason. I can mm-hmm. rely on Marcus. Um, Terry can come in for me, and I can play with Terry sometimes. Yes, and we'll get buckets together. But this is me. Like this is my right. show. And I think that that does simplify things, and it makes things easier for Boston. Two things on that. I think Terry is done- like that. That's yeah. actually kind of not a good thing. Sometimes that like it makes it easier because this team's mm-hmm. ceiling is higher with these other guys, right? Like it's higher oh, for sure. Having Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward and Al Horford breaking news, right? Right. You have to have a base, though. And when they were trying to figure out the most complicated part of the entire game, just all at once, where you got to build, there's foundational stuff that you got to set down. And when you bring in a player like Hayward, you're going to have to recalibrate everything. I mean, it's a different building. And uh, they they had not set a foundation. uh, And we all know that Stevens is about that kind of shit. And so when you were trying to sort of, I don't know, cram study in a way, trying to get it all figured out immediately, it's going to look rough. And that's what it did. So so I've been saying they needed to simplify it. Yes, they they forced it. I I think that they can build off of this now because two things, I think Terry Rozier has done a nice job of just sort of accepting what's happening. He's He's sort of playing within himself now a little bit more than I thought he was earlier in the season. And the second thing is Tatum uh, is finally getting the message that he can't be a taller Mamba. Like, like seriously, like, I, I don't know what game it was, but um, it was in Jackie Mack's great piece on Jalen Brown about how, I think it was, sorry, it all blurs together, um, about how Stevens pulls Tatum after, like, a minute and 10 seconds because he pulls up on a, you know, a 25, or 25 foot jump shot or, you know, a 17 foot mid ranger that off of two dribbles. And it's just like, this is not how we play basketball. Yes, you can do that. And we, they will probably need him to do that as much as they need Kyrie to do it. Um, come playoffs, come crunch time, come those yep. big minutes. But during the first 40 or so minutes of the game, it's about the system. It's about ball movement. It's about penetrating dish. It's about just, 
catch and shoot and, and not trying to get into this hero ball ISO crap. And Tatum, again, we've talked about this ad nauseum, so I won't you know belabor the point, but like he made a jump mid playoffs and that's going to skew your perception of perhaps what it is you are already. Um, but he, his game looks a lot simpler. It looks a lot closer to an improved version of last year's regular season, which is what the building block should have been. And um, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see them against better competition on a more consistent basis, to be totally honest. But at, at this time, you know, I think we can kind of call off the dogs on on Brad Stevens and, and the Celtics team in general. They're they're more than competent at this point, and they got a lot of time to build it up to something special. You're talking about building blocks. You know what the what a great building block is to a diet. It's RX Bar. RX Bar oh. wants to build things the right way. They believe in the power of transparency and they let the core ingredients do all of the talking with them listed on the front of the packaging. You'd likely recognize RX Bar at the shelf. They're the ones who have egg whites for protein, dates to bind, nuts for texture, and other delicious ingredients like unsweetened chocolate, real fruit and spices like sea salt or cinnamon. As it turns out that real food ingredients actually taste good. Uh, They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free. Whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there's definitely an RX bar for you. There's no artificial colors, no artificial flavors, preservatives, or fillers. They're great for a number of occasions, be it breakfast on the go, snack at the office to push you through that 3 p.m. slump. You throw them in your bag for a plane ride. Uh, They're a great pre- or post-workout snack, and they come in 14 delicious flavor varieties from mango pineapple to chocolate hazelnut from peanut butter and berries to chocolate sea salt they have seasonal flavors too and now our x bar has debuted rx nut butter which contains a few simple and similar ingredients like egg whites fruits and nuts each single serve packet contains delicious creamy nut butter with nine Mm. grams of high quality protein it's squeezable and spreadable and it pairs great with fruit rice cakes pretzels or straight out of the pouch Uh, and the flavors on that are honey cinnamon peanut butter uh peanut butter just straight peanut butter and then vanilla almond butter well i'm a big rx rx bar fan they're great uh and for 25 percent off of your first order of the bestseller variety pack visit rxbar.com slash game theory and enter the promo code game theory at checkout this is valid in the United States only and for a limited time, but for 25% off of that first order of the bestseller variety pack, visit rxbar.com slash game theory and enter that promo code game theory at checkout. Whew, let's go on ahead. Hell of a read, Sam. And talk about the Lakers. The Lakers. Break after that. Holy crap. Oh, I'm, I'm rolling right now. Okay. Uh, here's what the Lakers need to do. They need to find someone to take Brandon Ingram off of their hands. Oh wow, that's that is coming out of the gate strong. Yeah, because oh, they are they are better without him. Oh man, up. that is a that is a take. Yeah, if they can get some complimentary players, a couple of guys to fill out. Um, I, I don't know what that is. I haven't extrapolated it out, but you, you we've seen what Kyle Kuzma's been able to do since he's been gone. You look at um, this team, Ingram and LeBron don't work. They they just don't, and it's not worth finding out if they can at this juncture. You need to have LeBron is handling the ball. That is his job on this team. It was always going to happen. It's happened a lot faster with Rondo's injury. Lonzo has always been a good combo guy, so you're more comfortable with him playing off the ball and LeBron handling it. But when you have Ingram on the court with LeBron, you essentially have a, a, a very beta version of LeBron playing with LeBron. And, and Ingram is not a good enough outside shooter. Uh, he's a guy who needs to cut to the basket and, and 
really attack with the dribble. It just doesn't work. You need to have a four out system with a high pick and roll guy and just gets shooting on the floor. And that's how the LeBron Cavs were able to win games. They just put shooting around LeBron and Tristan Thompson or Kevin Love or whoever. Uh, sometimes, most of the time, Kevin Love was just stuck in a corner as a shooter. But like Ingram isn't that guy. He's not going to become the guy in the next year or so. And the Lakers are in a position right now to be the second best team in the Western Conference, frankly, because no one else seems to want to take it. And the the Nuggets are now too banged up to really trust them long term. So I don't know what Ingram's trade value is, but I think the longer he's on this team, the lower it gets, just to be totally honest, because it just doesn't work. And that's not a a fault of Brandon Ingram, per se. Uh, Just the development curve had to have been sped up, and it's just not there. And if they can go out and get some veterans for him, a couple guys who they can really use to increase their depth, I think that would work well because the, the the Lakers just look strictly better. I mean, Hart looks better, Kuzma looks better, and I think Lonzo looks better. And those are the three guys you need to look better when when Brandon Ingram's not out there demanding not only the ball but possession of it for multiple seconds. So it's worth noting that I think a lot of what you say is right in terms of Ingram. Yeah. Because if you look at the numbers, right, like Ingram's – The numbers are rough. They're not like disastrous, but like they're not great. Like Ingram has played 80% of his minutes with LeBron James and the Lakers are only like a half point better whenever Ingram is on the floor offensively and like a point better when Ingram's on the floor defensively. You look at LeBron's numbers, they're like, I want to say like a plus five, plus six, like something in that range. Um, So it's very clear that LeBron is playing a little bit better when Ingram is off the floor versus when Ingram's on the floor. They only have a plus five net rating in like 500 minutes together this year or a plus 0.5. Sorry. Like they're, 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 they're a net zero team when Ingram and LeBron are, are playing together, which is weird for a 17 and 10 team. Um, here is where I'm at on that. I agree with you that Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart and Lonzo are the three guys that seem like they're the fits. And like Lonzo is questionable, but Lonzo does a good job getting out on the break. He does a good job defensively. He'll shoot. He'll just shoot. I mean, I don't know if it's, it's I don't know if it's the best thing, but like that that also might be the best version of Lonzo, which is you don't want Lonzo shooting off the dribble. You just want Lonzo to catch and shoot, and right. it will go in more often than it looks like it should. But that, that's probably the best for him too. The fact that he's at thirty two percent from three right now, while providing everything else that he does, right? That's fine. You know, yeah. he'll. I don't think he'll. I don't. I, I'm not one of these guys who thinks that Lonzo will ever live up to the billing. I thought there was too much hype on him. I, I thought that the shot was yeah, flawed. Like, I either, had him at four on yeah. my pre-draft board. Like, he's, either, was, he's either the worst good player or the best bad player. But I think he's, he's com- good. Like, I'll just say that. I think he's just good. There's nothing wrong with him. You can play him. He's not going to hurt actively hurt your team. Right. But here's the something. We weren't there last year. He's not, I thought he was pretty good last year, too. But here's, here's the deal. He's not their best player from that draft class. No. Kyle Kuzma no. is the best player for them in that draft class. And, no that's, and that's saying, like, he's not even shooting the ball that well right now. No. Like, if you look at uh, – he's shooting, like, 32% from three this year. He has been amazing. It's just about every other facet of the game, and that includes his defense. Like, that, that to me is the biggest thing here. His defense has taken a huge leap. He over, yeah. And it's, like, really over the last month, because even at the start of the year, whenever he had to play some center and had to kind of do some things that he wasn't comfortable with, he wasn't that yeah, great. That was- that was a silly, silly time. But over the last like month or so, he's yeah. been 
awesome on defense or not like maybe i shouldn't say well, awesome he's, he's been, been he's been more than competent like he he looks like a guy who could be well okay competence probably he, he doesn't hurt them out there and he fits right. there and well, how much of this do you think has to do with the fact that they actually just got another center <laughs> a lot like the fact that they're eighth defensively right now yeah i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that kuzma's playing better lonzo is playing more minutes and they got Tyson Chandler to actually provide size inside whenever it's, JaVale sits. It's fucking incredible what just having Tyson Chandler in there, who is still a solid or at least a threat to protect the rim. But now you don't have to play Kuzma at the five anymore. He can play a more traditional defensive role. He's long. I mean, he was good enough to play the five. That was a ridiculous concept to begin with. But the fact that they felt comfortable putting him there as like a small ball five speaks to some sort of competence. And Well, really, really, they put him there. Because they didn't want LeBron to have to deal with wear and tear on fives. Still, they had to put somebody there, and they chose him. Right. I mean, they, they had they had crappy dudes on the bench. That That's they true. They, they, they could have kept playing Jonathan Williams. Yeah. So. And shout out Jonathan Williams. Sorry. I mean, good good for Jonathan Williams for carving out an NBA career. I didn't really see that coming. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts. But like, yeah, they they and they did they play Jonathan Williams sometimes. He had a, he right. had a nice game like six weeks ago but um but you throw in the fact that kuzma is an incredible driver of the mm-hmm. basketball um you know he can even like kind of handle some stuff in the mid post he can take advantage of mismatches in the post yeah like he's averaging 18 points a game on a 57 percent true shooting percentage right now and well, he's at he's averaging 26 points eight rebounds and three assists on 56 percent shooting and 40 percent from three in the three games without ingram yeah i understand it's a really small sample size theater don't get me wrong but like whoa so like yeah i'm kind of at the point where where it, I'm with you that it might make sense to trade Brandon Ingram. Yeah. And I, I, honestly, I think that he's probably the guy that they should look to move in part because I think that he has a lot of value. Like, I, I think, th- I think that's been, a good basketball I, Listen, I don't, and I don't think Brandon Ingram's a bust. I just don't think that this, this works for him. I right. think he now needs to be LeBron on a team. Is there, yeah. it, it just doesn't work. I mean, his game was always going to be more of that LeBron KD style when it fully matures. And and it's going it was always going to take a little bit longer than it should have, but his ceiling was so high that he had to go at number 2. Um, they drafted a kid that was 18 years old and, 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 and needed to put on 35 pounds. Right. Like we knew that with Brandon, it was going to take a few more years for him to get there. He's a good basketball player now. Absolutely. I think he can help a lot of teams. Absolutely. I mean, you look at you look at some especially especially a team that has a longer scope, right? Like he can help good teams right now, but a, a team with a longer scope and a less ball dominant point guard. Yeah. Right. So like what I think is probably going to happen, I think he stays there through the rest of the year. Yeah. You use them next summer. I don't like it. I think that, I think that the Lakers need to understand that they have a window right now, as silly as that sounds like, Do the, they? okay, but like, okay, let's just, let's just, let's just work on this baseline presumption here for a second. And I, and I am not, saying this, but like the Warriors are obviously the only team in the West that anyone can realistically say is coming out of the West, right? But this Lakers team can be as good as a Cavs team that outside of game one, I mean, game one was a to the wire game. um, And then it all went downhill from there. So it was LeBron allegedly broke his hand. Like LeBron has always given the Warriors problems. He beat him in a goddamn series Uh, by himself. He, he, uh, he took, two games off of them in 2015. Like, yes, it, it, I'm not, I'm not saying anything, but like, it's a lot the of fact reliance that, on youth though. And like yeah. guys in their first playoff series. You had a lot of reliance on J.R. Smith in some other series too. Like, you know, youth can work to your uh, advantage. Like, yeah. I, listen, you don't have Kyrie. So clearly there's a differentiation in, in talent level. I'm saying is the West is wide the hell open. The Warriors might not 
be as good as they were last year on the basis of depth. I know playoffs is a totally different thing. I made this argument in the column this morning, which is they're going to start five all-stars in the playoffs. Um, that's otherworldly. Uh, at the same so like, time. Uh, okay. So here, they, but Hubert is the downfall of man. They might walk themselves into, into the end of their dynasty. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe that, 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 that's the only argument I can make for it, but who's going to be there? I don't think it's going to happen. But, I don't think it's going to happen either. But if they trip up, if the Warriors decide that if the Warriors get in their own way and they trip up, who is going to be there to take it? And the Lakers have to look around the Western Conference and go, well, why not us? Well, why not us right now is the fact that they're not deep enough and that they wouldn't be. I don't think this team currently constructed could take advantage of the opportunity. They're going to struggle in the Western Conference playoffs in general. But if they go out and trade Ingram, which, again, is tricky because everyone kind of knows you're sort of selling low, even though I think the price only gets lower. Yeah, I don't think they're selling low on Brandon. I'll say that. Okay. I mean, I certainly not compared to where it might be in the summer if this stuff continues and everyone realizes they got to move them. They got to move on from them in the sense that he just doesn't work with LeBron. But like, so here, here's why I don't think they're going to trade him too. Yeah, yeah. Is because they can't take on any extra future money right now. Right. That's extremely valuable. Which like, who do you go out and get? Like, you're not going to trade Brandon Ingram for Terrence Ross and what you're not, you're not going to trade Brandon Ingram right now for Bobby Portis and Justin holiday, which is like no. a useful package. You'd rather see if it could work through some, through some means. Yeah. But like, that's just, that's just bad planning. That's, that's right. Misutilizing assets and like making poor use of opportunity costs. Right. Yeah. Um, makes a lot of sense to go from the summer from your perspective of you see what you get on the free agents, free agent market, and then you have the ability to throw a second kind of smoke on top of that. Right. I, I think yeah, that's that, the, that, like, that makes and, sense. And plus, like, it seems like they're in on Trevor Ariza right now. We'll see if that deal goes down um, yeah. in a couple of days here. Well, that would be that would, from now. You want to talk about a great team for Ingram. Like, that would be that would be an interesting landing spot. Sure, but there's, there's no I mean, reason that's to not, that's not the that deal. Team. I'm not insinuating yeah, that like, would be the, the value. Like, are you getting... Josh Jackson, Trevor Ariza, and something else in that deal? Like it's that'd be, you know, that's, that'd be something. I mean, Josh Josh Jackson's been bad so far this year. Is the problem? So like he kind of goes away from what you're trying to do. So I don't I don't know. Like no, I, don't, I, I don't think I, you I, trade I, you know, this. The way I should have phrased it earlier is it's clear who the guy on the, on the outs is. Yeah, I mean it's like plainly evident. I think that he's the toughest one to fit. I for sure think that based off of what we've seen so far, he's the toughest one to fit. Which sucks. It would have been interesting. But he he he's a guy who just has to hang out in the corner and, and attack the rim from there. And it just doesn't it just doesn't work with the way that things are set up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see if this can I, like I think he's gonna be like a borderline all-star. Like if he goes to the Eastern Conference, oh, he's gonna average twenty points a game next year. I'm I'm bet I'm betting on Brandon Ingram when he's twenty three, twenty four to be a thing. Like a, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in any way discounting his future potential. I'm just looking at when the Lakers got him and what they expected and the timeline that they had. He was sort of. I knew that they always wanted LeBron. Like everyone knew that they always were looking at LeBron. But shit changes, right? Like when LeBron actually shows up, then it's push come to shove time. And Brandon Ingram probably isn't where the Lakers thought he would be at this juncture, even though they had a long view on him. And it, it's it's um it's tough, but the, he's a professional and he'll. He'll be in a good spot at some point. I, I just don't think that spot is going to be with the Lakers. I don't think he reaches his full potential with the Lakers as currently constructed. That requires some foresight, and the best way to have foresight is with Simple Contacts. Simple Contacts is the most convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes instead of heading to the doctor year after year to just renew your prescription for something you wear every day. You can do it for your – or 
on your own time, mm -hmm. in your own terms, in mm -hmm. just a few minutes. It's wow. vision care for the 21st century. Uh, all you have to do is take a five minute simple contacts vision test online. It'll be reviewed by a licensed doctor and you receive a renewed prescription and reorder your contacts. All you need is your current contacts, internet connection in 10 feet of space. Even if you're totally out of contacts, they have an option for you too. Why would you use simple contacts and why is it awesome? It's because it's convenient for all the reasons I just mentioned. It's fast. Uh, this uh, vision test is self-guided and takes under five minutes. So think about how much time you're saving compared to driving to the doctor, making an appointment, you have to take time off work. You're saving yourself money, uh, period, just Actual. every way. So uh, it's reliable. It offers you choice because they have all types of brands and all types of lenses. And the vision test is only $20. Uh, the contact lens prices are unbeatable. And best of all, we're offering a promotion to our listeners. Um, Simple contacts is something that I use uh, regularly whenever I have to order contacts. It is a fantastic service. Uh, the best thing is that, you know, simplecontacts.com slash game theory 20, that's going to give you a $20 off of your contact order. Uh, you enter simple contact or you enter simplecontacts.com slash game theory 20 in that URL bar and you enter game theory 20 uh, at checkout is your promo code. Uh, look, this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. Uh, they only test that the current prescription still helps you see 2020 and renew that prescription itself. They're not going to write you a completely new RX or they're not going to uh, you know, examine eye health or anything, but I can yeah. give you $20 off your contacts if you need contacts. And if you go to simplecontacts.com slash gain theory 20. So go do that. Dieter, the last thing we're going to talk about before we get into things that we like is Oklahoma City. Yeah. Like I said at the top, like, I feel like we've kind of given Oklahoma City, like, the short end of the shrift this year. Um, yeah. They've been really good. Like, they're 17 <laughs> and 9 right now. They have the best defensive rating in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Like, they've been basically everything that we thought they would be coming into the preseason. Um, I, think, I think that's exactly right, that they were everything we thought they would be. And what we thought they would be was the fourth, you know, somewhere between three and six in the Western yeah, Conference, like, right? I had them like getting a home playoff series, but if you yeah. didn't, I would understand that. Like everyone had them as a playoff team. <laughs> everyone, everyone had them as a really good defense. They're, right. They're, they're right exactly what we expected. The problem is everybody else in the Western Conference isn't. <laughs> like Kind of, yeah. Like they're the number one seed in the Western Conference because no one else wants it, apparently. Um, and I, maybe I guess Denver wants it. They just can't have it. Uh, it's just a very weird year in the Western Conference where you have all but one team in the middle of a playoff hunt, a third of the way through the season. Uh, and, and, and kudos to the Thunder. I mean, the reason that they're not talked about a lot is because they're doing exactly what was expected, and that is yeah. just being baseline competent. They they are they are the only ones fulfilling the narrative, and uh, good on them. Yeah, like you look at Utah. Utah is probably slightly worse than what we thought they would be. Denver's yeah. probably a little bit better. The yeah. Clippers are a little bit better. Yeah, I don't think anyone really saw the Lakers being quite as no one together. rational. No one rational saw this. Yeah, like Memphis is playing a little bit better than what we thought. Dallas yeah. is playing better than what we thought. Certainly, yeah. Houston's um, playing a lot worse than we thought. Houston's playing way worse than we thought. The Spurs Warriors are playing worse than we thought. The Spurs are probably right in that mix as well as like a team that Spurs is. Spurs are probably right where we thought they would be, but maybe but they're it, doing it for different reasons. Right, it's it's kind of a weird jarring thing where it's like, are they going to just start tanking now? Like this is I don't I don't know. It doesn't feel like they're in it, but they are. 
And then we've got the Kings, who are like ahead of the Blazers right now. God damn. Um, God bless those Sacramento Kings. Kind of says a lot about both teams in a lot of ways. So, Doesn't it? Uh, then the Timberwolves traded Jimmy Butler, and the Spurs look totally new. And By the way, the Timberwolves traded Jimmy Butler and like look markedly better. Right. Like we talked about that on last week's show. It's a weird. We won't, we won't belabor that point, but like, wow. Yeah. Um, Covington, perfect Tibbs player. Shout out Robert Covington. Um, so, yeah, like the Thunder are basically the, <laughs> they're the balance point. They're the status quo. They're we it. Have, we thought they are what we thought they were. We, okay. They are the Dennis Green of the NBA right now. And I am here for it. First off, they're the Chicago Bears, who are exactly who we thought they were. Okay. Alex uh, Monday Night Football, good times. Uh, all right, is that like a Michael crazy. Scott thing? Monday Night Football, good times. <laughs> no, I just, I just vividly remember where I was when that Dennis Green thing happened. I was in my freshman year dorm room at Mizzou. Um, and yeah, uh, RIP Dennis Green. Nevertheless, uh, yeah, no, they're the one, they're, again, they're the one team that's kind of doing exactly what we thought. Uh, they are the most competent version of themselves right now to a certain degree, and that's being rewarded in the standings. The only reason that we were, might over, people might overanalyze it and get, you know, hot and heavy about where the Thunder are right now is because of their relative standing. But relative to their own expectations, they're right on par. Uh, yeah. which, it's, it's, the other guy I want to talk about here, though, is Russ, because he's having a very Russ. he's having a very interesting year in a lot of ways. Like, interesting is the right word. Yeah. 22 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. He's averaging the triple-double that he has over the last two years, which oh, coming wow. off a knee injury is insane in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, despite coming off of that injury, which if I were, it was a knee, right? Like I'm not losing my mind. Yeah, sounds right. I don't know. Russ gets a lot of injuries. If we're just being totally honest here, like there's always kind of something, and it doesn't come out until like way after the fact. Yeah, like my, my brain might be forgetting for whatever reason. Russ I'm certainly just... had some injury that should have uh, limited him and his explosiveness to a certain degree, and he started the season on the bench. So, but, but what's happening here is he's having his, as far as I can remember, like I think he's having a great year finishing in the basket. Which is like that's kind a, of the exact opposite of what you would think with like an explosiveness injury like this. Yeah. Um, like be adding more control to his game now that he doesn't have as much explosiveness. Though that's not something I've necessarily noted. It just seems yeah, like he's like, attacking he, less. Yeah, he looks fine out there. Yeah. Like, let's be clear on that too. It's a, little, um, it's a bit more mature Russell Westbrook. A little it, less. It is. And the way that you can see that is he ha- he's having his worst shooting year from distance. Mm-hmm. Like, he's shooting 22% from three. He's shooting 60% from the free free throw line. But he's also like passing the ball really well, I think. He sees Uh, the floor really well right now. Like his his usage rate is only at like 31, which for us, not that (laughs) crazy. Um, But he has like a 47% assist rate. Like he's continued to just roll along and distribute and get his 10 assists tonight. I really like this version of Russell Westbrook. I, I think he's been excellent. To start here. Like, play Russ. Yeah. And like, look, his efficiency, you know, he's like a 50 true shooting percentage right now. I what, think do you, what do you fucking expect? Fine. Yeah. What do you expect? Well, like you expect him to be like right around league average. Hopefully, hopefully he's making what is that, 50, 53. Get it. It's 55. Okay. Um, God damn. Like go you hope he's like at league average, like right around it. Um, he probably get there to be totally honest. Like he's not that bad a shooter. Yeah, like I think he's going to regress. He's not a twenty-two percent three-point shooter. Yeah, but like it's just a like you said, it's a more mature Russ that looks 
a little bit more under control, I guess. Yeah, he's no, I mean, that's playing, the, that, that's that's smart basketball in a significant yeah. way. That's always been the issue with Russ. I mean, no one can match him almost, I mean, almost nobody can match him on a physicality level, but he'll, he'll run at 110 miles per hour and lose control of the goddamn steering wheel. Like, and you just didn't know when that crap was going to happen. You just go crazy. And, um, I haven't seen that yet this year. Certainly helps that Paul George is anything but a, uh, a, 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 he's a very calming influence as a person and as a player. Uh, he's, been, he's been very good this year. As well. Has been very good. And he has been, as expected, very good. And Steven Adams has been, as expected. Uh, you know what? I will say Steven Adams. You want to give him the bump? You want to give him the bump? He's made a leap offensively a little bit, I think. Like he's averaging 16 points and 10 rebounds a night. Um, he is he has taken to being the true third option on that team yes. in a really good way. Factual. I, I think that their bench is a little bit that, better than what was expected. Yes, that's definitely true. You look at Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder has been very useful. Just, uh, yeah, and you don't need Dennis Schroeder to be the Dennis Schroeder that maybe people thought they were going to get in Atlanta. Yeah, You just need him to be able to hold water for 15 minutes a game, not even a full 20. And he's not been even better defensively seven. too. Like he's not just like a total sieve defensively anymore. Yeah, he's always been a good energy guy. He just didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Yeah, but now he knows a little bit what he's doing. Like Billy Donovan. But like he, it was funny. Like he played hard and like actually, like he gave energy on the floor. Yeah, but it was kind of like an energy sucking situation because he pounded the ball constantly. Yeah, and like would go like over aggressive. So like. I always kind of felt like he took energy from the teams, despite the fact that he was giving energy. It was like a weird thing, yeah. right? He, he, was, he, was, he was a negative net energy player. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, not not energy neutral. Uh, it was that in a, that was not energy was, neutral. That was, of course, the the um, the bad vibes, the, the the worst case scenario going into the season for the Thunder, which is now you have a Russell Westbrook who is. Again, we, we've seen it time and time again. He can go so fast, he can come off the rails. And Schroeder, and Dennis Schroeder, who, who does the exact same thing, except isn't nearly as good as Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And that you kind of had two versions of the same player, the all-star and the bench version. And uh, both of them are a little bit more controlled. So yeah. whatever the fuck they're doing in Oklahoma City, continue to do it, because this is the best version of them. I'd be interested to see if they could go out and, and get – a guy like Trevor Ariza, that would be a really interesting pickup for them. But I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily possible. So how could they do that? Who is the who problem? Is, is Rob, Robertson's making good money, and well, he's not around. Yeah, like uh, you're not going to trade Andre Robertson. Of course not. You, um, is it like a Brenes and Patterson is your move? Like I, I don't do that if I'm. Yeah, what, what kind of deal son. is that? So like, and like here's the yeah, other thing like too. Abrinas. Those two guys haven't really played well this year. Like Patterson for the second straight year looks shot. Don't understand um, it. Don't understand I don't get it. that at all. I thought that was a great signing when it happened. And we were up, so and shocked at how cheap he was. But yeah, it makes all like, the sense in the world now. I don't know what the, the Thunder knew, what everyone else in the NBA knew. Yeah, it was kind of weird. But here are the two guys that look really, really good. Uh, Nerlens Noel and Hamdou Diallo. They kind of fit Absolutely. that Thunder ethos in a lot of ways. Totally. Super athletes use that athleticism defensively like super hard and then we'll try and teach them whatever we can skill wise well i was uh, talking up i was talking up diallo early in the season he got a lot of he got there was just a lot of buzz around him and yeah. you know, i watched him a little bit and i go like oh i can kind of see it like he just he, he was super thundery and i think both of us were absolutely on the noel train 
which it's is a great just signing. Like, just no, absolutely zero loss. The fact that he committed for multiple years implies a sort of I'm going to commit myself to this thing and let, let's make this work. I, I think he's going to come out in another year and really be on on great footing. I think that he got his. I mean, frankly, it, he, this had to work or his career well, it's was a player over. option for next year. So it, he might not be there. Next he year. might not. He, but, <laughs> but still, it was, like it's you know, it helps. I think. I thought I thought that was an inspired. An inspired move, and I'm shocked that more teams weren't interested in making it. But here we he's, are. you know, like he is purely like Adams's backup right now, which is fine. But he was always going to be. I mean, he was never going to get. I mean, unless he was playing for the Warriors, he was never going to get a starting center job. Right. So um, that's about all I got on the Thunder. They're really good, and they are about exactly as we expect, expected. Where do you but think that seat is? If we if we were to talk. Um, at the All-Star game, where do you think that seed – let's just presume they stay steady as she goes. Two? Like, I, I think two, that – yeah. I mean, they were my pick to be the Western Conference finalist this year. Yeah, um, it was like – it was either them or Houston, I thought. So, yeah. like, I'm – you know, well, I'm, you I'm can right clearly there. choose one or the other now. Yeah. Like, I, I think they're good, and I think they will continue to be good. Here, here. Way to go, Thunder. Way to, way to be exactly who we thought you would be. Yeah, sometimes it's just worth calling out teams that are good. No, we don't I, have to I, talk. No, we don't have to it, talk it, to chaos teams all the time. But I like the chaos teams, Sam. We do like the chaos teams. Speaking right. of things that we like, Dieter, what is the thing that you like this week? Okay, so we are all uh, super Luca fans here because Luca is awesome and every day with Luca in it is a joy. Um, and I am super fan of Darren Jackson numero uno. But I was going through just sort of the NBA. I, you know, being out of the country, I was only catching scores and loose stuff. And I, I kind of just spent an hour just reading, not going through the day-to-day stuff, but just reading. And, and there's so many good rookies right now. And you look at the 2018 draft class, which was always hyped up to be a really good draft class, obviously. But um, And I know we're only a third of the way through the season, but 1 through 12 in this draft class has just been so goddamn good, and I can't really think of a draft class in recent years that's been this rock solid early. And a lot of things can go negative, and a lot of things can get even better. Um, and I, I don't want to get hyperbolic and, and compare anything to 2013, which is a class that has multiple Hall of Famers and all that stuff, but like this, this has a chance to be as good of a draft as we have ever had knowing that we're very early in the season. The fact that DeAndre Ayton, who is averaging a double-double and is he's averaging, playing... Let's, let's be clear on this. He's yeah. averaging 16, 10, and 3 yeah. on 60% from the field. Right. Like, he is, he is a ready-made, rock-solid offensive center in the NBA in his rookie season. The defense leaves a lot to be desired, to be fair, but that is to be expected from a, a, a big man in his first year on a horseshit basketball team um they are the fact they are the fact that the fact that he and trey young who trey's numbers are not good we can all be objective about that but his ability to see the court his playmaking ability his positive infectiousness is undeniable and uh really really gets the imagination going for when he gets that shot and when he is able to pull up off the dribble from half court. And, and, and there's a reason the Steph Curry comparisons are constantly made, even though they're probably unfair to him. But when those guys are being discussed as busts, you know you have a good rookie class. Let's just go through it 1 through through 12 here, and, and we'll be fast. And obviously I want to hear your thoughts on this as the expert in this area. And we just talked about Aiton, but like Bagley has been – I don't know what <laughs> his usage has been, certainly controversial. Uh 
in-house, but you can see the positives off of Mar- Marvin Bagley. It sucks that, you know, Doncic was taking one after him and that creates somewhat of a negative connotation around him. But uh, I feel like the Kings are better when Bagley is on the court and uh, he is kind of living up to what we wanted him to be in the best case scenario. And you can see a lot of upside there. We all know Luca. Luca, I don't know if I, I'm all about this whole Luca is the best rookie since X sort of a conversation, but goddamn, is he fun to watch on a nightly basis. And you and I will both be the first to uh, to yell at people for thinking that he wasn't going to be good. He was only the best player in Europe as a teenager. Uh, Jackson, Jackson is fucking awesome. He is my favorite rookie. He is my rookie. Uh, and every day uh, I just feel like a proud father watching him grow. Uh, he is going to be a multiple-time All-Star. I'm just—I will not hold back the hyperbole for Jaron Jackson. He is my favorite, and I love him dearly. Uh, Trey Young is, as we said, uh, just tickles the imagination. It'll be fun. Mo Bamba. The usage is strange. Orlando's in a str- weird spot with him. They are both in it and rebuilding at the same time, but you can see it. The flashes are spectacular, and I think that he's going to get more and more run here down the stretch. Wendell Carter, somewhat of the same, uh, just sitting in a bad situation. Uh, you don't really know what he's supposed to be. He's kind of got a weird tweener body for the modern NBA, four and five, but Man, if he isn't skilled. Colin Sexton's starting to figure it out. I know there's a lot of drama early in the year, but man, is he figuring it out. And that, that motor is going to lend itself well to the Cavs' rebuild. Knox is starting to get some run in New York. You can see what's going on there. Michael Bridges is, is get, like one of the only competent Phoenix Suns. Uh, Shea Gild, Gilchrist Alexander has been just stellar. Stellar is the only word for, really the, good. for the Los Angeles Clippers. There was a guy that I was... He was getting buzz in the preseason, too. And, again, you don't want to put too much stock in preseason because you don't know who you're really playing against. But he just looked like a goddamn veteran from day one. Um, I'm still trying to find kind of a solid comparison for him. But uh, he reminds me a little bit uh, of Spencer Dinwiddie in in Brooklyn. And that is a very high praise if you can be compared to Spencer Dinwiddie, even in my totally adult mind. And, uh, and Miles Bridges is still piecing it together, but he, he's – He's Again, really good. He's already a rotation player. Yeah, and and that's and you're not expecting a lot out of him. I mean, you don't expect Miles Bridges to be the dude anywhere, but as right. a as a third option, he like he's going to be the third or fourth best player on a really good team here in the NBA at some point, uh, and it might friggin' be this year. So, I mean, so here what is, a great one through twelve that is. Here are the numbers. Uh, every rookie that went one through twelve has played at least four hundred and forty minutes this season. Yeah, which is really impressive. For yeah, just straight. class like Nothing that, all, we're like less than a quarter of the way into the season, and that is the case. That yeah. is kind of crazy to me. Uh, yeah. Last year's was pretty good. Like Markel was only at like six eighty for the full season, but like last right. year, for the most part, the rookies played a bunch of minutes. Um, the year before that, for the most part, they played like a decent amount of minutes. But mm-hmm. like this is this is a special rookie class in terms of contributors from the jump. Um, the guys that I want to mention real quick, Trey Young is like flashes, but a lot of bad. Uh, the flashes are amazing. The bad is bad. Uh, the defense is really bad right now. Um, it's really, shooting, really, really bad. Like the fact that, like, I feel like people aren't really talking enough about the fact that Trey Young is a shooter that is shooting 25% from three right now. Yeah. 
it's a little bit of a problem. But it's I a problem. Think don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about it. At the same time, when you see the flashes, and, and I, I don't think anyone expected that much. I think maybe we've all learned our lesson from Lonzo a little bit. The vision is there. Uh, you know, the playmaking is there. I think that's what's really important right now. Uh, as you said, Jaron's been great. Wendell Carter is in a mess. Colin Sexton, I mean, has been awesome since he got called out by his coach. And he's shooting and a lot not better. the coach, the players. The players. Yeah, yeah the veterans. Um, Shay Alexander's been great. Mikhail Bridges looks like an adult. Kevin Knox is just very useful for the Knicks. Like you said, I think yeah. he had like 24 points and like 15 rebounds or something. Too. Yeah, and it seems um, as if he, you know, the, the Knicks are not a good basketball team, obviously, but they look a lot better when he's playing. Yeah, and Fizz has done a really good job of making the Knicks like less Knicksy, which is respectable. nice. Yeah, they actually look respectable. By Knicks standards. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's all I got. I'll, I'll move on. Let's, let's yeah. talk about Alonzo Trier, baby. Alonzo <laughs> Trier. Second time that he has been the thing I like on this podcast. Signed a two-year, $7 million contract team option on the second year on that. Uh, right now, he's scheduled to make as much as that number 12 overall pick, Miles Bridges, is wow. going to make in his first two seasons in the NBA. Hell uh, of a finesse there. Very impressive. Uh, you know, it's a great situation. You know, yeah. two-way contracts, they're pretty controversial around the league. I don't, I don't know league. if anyone's ever described. <laughs> ever described. Knicks is a great situation, but whatever. Hey, you know, it's worked out for him, though. Um, worked out great. This is this is a uh, another great example of the two-way contracts benefit. Yeah, so the two ways have been kind of controversial around the NBA a little bit for a variety of reasons. Uh, some people think that they actually work to hold back uh, potential earnings from players that could sign deals as actual roster players. That's uh, others. Fair. Others think that it's great that it creates essentially, you know, 60 places that make $200,000 a year if you play 45 days on an NBA roster. Right. You know, it, there's give and take to it all. Trier is unquestionably the unmitigated success of all of this. Yeah. So, you know, two years, $7 million for Alonzo Trier, good for him. I think that's fantastic. That's about all I got. Yeah, it's it's great. I, I, I am pro two-way contracts. Um, obviously, the first go around with this, it's not going to be perfect. Um, Wish it was, but it's not going to be. It'd be interesting to see how the NBA adapts here going forward with these two ways so that it doesn't seem as predatory, which is the allegation thrown against it. But um, we've seen a a couple of guys now across the league turn the two-way and the opportunity that the two-way provides, which wasn't there before, into into real NBA contracts and not just cheap ones or 10 days or anything like that. You're not as much in the laundry cycle of it anymore. You can earn your keep uh, in real time with real, you know, responsibility and playing time. You're not having to just chuck on a 10 day. Uh, This is an improvement and it is reaping benefits already. I can't really necessarily think of the downside for player opportunity yet. Maybe in player uh, finances, but maybe not for player opportunity. And uh, I think it's only going to get better from here as we, we see more and more success stories. So good for Lonzo Trier, good for a guy like Quinn Cook, good, good, for, good for the NBA making this sort of stuff work and not dicking around with it. Uh, and obviously, the limit was going to put them up against it. They didn't get weird or anything. But you know, being able to turn somebody that you got for nothing uh, and, and sign him to a contract that's essentially the you know, 12th pick in the draft with better terms for the player in terms of years is, is quite an excellent Quite an excellent situation for both parties. That's about all I got, man. What do you What do you got going on? I'm gonna go take a goddamn nap. Good for you. 
It's fantastic. I have to I have to write some things, you know. I've got like you got a job. I have a job. Yeah, shocking. I have a I have a Christmas party tonight. So I have a Christmas party tonight too. It's Christmas party season, baby. Boom! I need to get like a full Santa suit for the Christmas Day Warriors Lakers game. So it's too tall, too tall for Santa, man. Well, no, I could like get. I mean, yeah, I can be like, like gro- I can be like Santa? I can be like growth spurt Santa. <laughs> um. My yeah, mom said it. she wasn't buying me new clothes. <laughs> I, grew, I, I as someone who grew a foot in a calendar year, uh, I can I can relate. Does not sound fun to grow a foot in a calendar year. Yeah, the worst part was I got fatter. Really, yeah, that's like, quite that's disappointing. Abnormal. That yeah, that no. is abnormal. What, um, yeah, what have you ever known me to be normal? <laughs> Good point. Um, this has been the Game Theory Podcast. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Go read Dieter at the Mercury News. Go subscribe to The Athletic to keep me employed. Uh, we'll be back at some point this weekend. Maybe we'll talk college kids. I don't Whoa. know. Um, Full-scale basketball. Yeah, we'll see. Shout out to the microphone stand that Dieter I've, has. I've been dicking around with it the entire time. It's been really enjoyable. Good for him. A little fidget toy. Until next time, shout out to our X-Bar and Simple Contacts. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.